The following program contains views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the host DJ and their guests, and are not reflective of the views of WRFL or its underwriters. For questions, comments, or concerns, please email programming at wrfl.fm. Who listens to the radio anymore? We do. WRFL Lexington. Hello, you're listening to Campus Voices on WRFL Lexington, a program where we take a look at the issues affecting UK's campus and the Lexington community. I'm Noel Oldham. This week, we're discussing the university's investigation of its national championship-winning cheer squad, which found evidence of hazing, public nudity, and alcohol use on the team's retreats. These findings led to the university firing all four of its cheerleading squad's coaches. Joining me today to discuss the news surrounding UK cheer are Maggie Davis and Zach Epperson, both recent UK journalism graduates. Maggie Davis is a staff writer and Sunday editor for Kentucky Sports Radio, a contributor on LAX 18's Hey Kentucky, and also a former host of Campus Voices. Maggie, welcome back to Campus Voices. Thank you, Noah. Good to talk to you. And Zach Epperson is the lead news and sports reporter for WQXE, and WULF in Elizabethtown. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, According to UK, the university received a complaint from a family member of a cheerleader, which led it to launch an investigation into the cheerleading program. The university's months-long investigation consisted of over 60 interviews with cheerleaders, coaches, and advisors. Through this investigation, the university found evidence of hazing, public nudity, and alcohol use on team retreats. The university says this behavior may have gone on for years and that the coaches were aware of this but did not do enough to stop it. This led the university to announce last week that they were firing all four coaches and transferring administration of the cheer program to the athletics department. My first question for you two is, how did you react when you heard about this news? Well, personally, I did find it shocking. Obviously, this was a three-month investigation, but personally, I hadn't heard anything about it until that morning when the news first broke. That was uh, May 11th. And so that's when I was really sort of taken aback by how much was really going on behind the scenes, especially during that three-month-long investigation. And it was sad. I mean, this is a, a national powerhouse in cheerleading. UK has become known as the gold standard, not just in Kentucky, but throughout the entire country. So for all of this to come out, of course, it was really sad, and it, and it was hard to read, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. Yeah, I kind of echo the same points that uh, Maggie has. I was taken aback by it as well. I had known about a week out from the original uh, reporting of it coming out uh, from a, a good friend of mine who had contacted me, and we were talking through some other sports issues when that came up. And uh, like Maggie said, I was taken aback. I couldn't believe uh, all the stuff that had been going on behind the scenes of you know one of the, if not the premier a cheerleading program in the entire country. Um, you know, alcohol abuse and everything, that's one thing, but, you know, all the other, you know, sexual conduct that is alleged to have gone on, that, that's another thing entirely. Well, so what do you make of how this investigation was conducted? Right. I would say, first of all, it was a three-month-long investigation. They interviewed 60 people who were involved with the program in one way or another. So that's student-athletes, coaches, administrators, uh, Teelan Williamson, who was the advisor, not necessarily on the coaching staff, but still very involved with the program. 
over 60 interviews were conducted. And so to me, that really does make it seem more of like a full picture thing. I know a lot of people have come out after the investigation was released saying, oh, it's this one person. This one person was upset. One person had a problem with it. One parent complained, et cetera. But when you look at the holistic view of the investigation, it was three months long. They talked to 60 people. And like I said earlier, this is the premier cheerleading team in the United States, maybe in the world. And for them to fire coaches who have been involved for decades trying to build that program into the national powerhouse that it is now. I mean, Coach Jumbo Thompson has been involved with the program in one way or another since the 90s. Him personally, he's brought home 18 national championships. That is absolutely unheard of. So for the university to have to respond in this way and to let go not only Jumbo Thompson, but all of the assistants as well, to me, that really validated this idea that, okay, they talked to 60 people, they took this really seriously, and whatever they found was A, credible enough, and B, concerning enough and legitimate enough to have to react in the way that the university did. Yeah, I agree completely with that. The fact that, like you said, over 60 people were uh, cheerleader staff, everybody else was interviewed uh, in this um, investigation, uh, let alone that, you know, even they try to reach out to people who had missed their interview times to get the full picture of what went on, I think speaks to how thorough the investigation was conducted by the university. As for the punishment, which Maggie kind of uh, touched on there a second ago, um, I had mixed uh, feelings about the punishment. I mean, certainly it had to be it had to be stern with all the things that were alleged to have gone on. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that here more in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, I echo some of the same points as Maggie did. It was just it has it shows that it was a thorough investigation. The university was not going into this uh, half heartedly. They were going into it on a um, credible uh, concern. It sounds like. Yeah. So Zach, you said that you had mixed feelings about the university's decision. Do you think it was the right decision in firing all four of its coaches? I think ultimately, like I said, it had to be a stern punishment. The university had to send a message that this type of behavior, we don't care if you are, you know, um, one of the, you know, uh, lower, you know, sports or whatever, all the way up to a premier program such as cheerleading. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, but, you know, if you do something that goes against university policy, you are going to be punished for it. I guess my mixed feelings go into um, how long Jomo had been there and how long some of the other staff had been there that, you know, maybe a suspension of a year. I initially thought that just my first reaction was, oh my goodness, they fired them. But I thought maybe a suspension for a year longer, something like that, just because of how long they had been with the program. Um, but, you know, the more I think about it, the more the more I just kind of go back and forth between, you know, a suspension or, or being fired. You know, it's ultimately a message was sent, was going to be sent either way. Um, so that, that's how I see it. And to me, there's not really a right decision in this aspect. Obviously, people are going to be upset either way. The cheerleaders are heartbroken over this, as they should be. That's their longtime coach. Over 500 cheerleaders released that statement, the alumni statement. Um, about a week ago. And so obviously they're upset that their coaches are being fired over the actions that, you know, have come out through an investigation, but may not represent the program in its entirety, which of course I understand it's sad um, and it's a hard decision. And I'm sure the university struggled to make that decision. Um, but at the same time, I just, if I put myself in a UK administrator's shoes, I put myself in Eli Capaluto's shoes or Mitch Barnhart's or anyone else who was involved in this final decision, I can't imagine how you look at what has happened and react any differently. Even though the cheerleading is not considered an NCAA sport, at the time it technically wasn't even under the sort of umbrella of UK athletics, they're still serving as student athletes, uh, like it or not, whether or not they're under the NCAA, they're student athletes and they represent the University of Kentucky. 
And when they're on these retreats and when they're at these competitions and they're serving in a team role under coaches that are being paid by the university to supervise and monitor in addition to their coaching duties, they really are responsible for those student athletes. So for these things to happen, whether or not, you know, you can really prove who saw what, who knew what, that's something that every sport struggles with. I mean, we've seen the same thing in college basketball, but at the end of the day, the coaches are responsible for the actions of their program. And when an investigation finds what it does, I just can't imagine a scenario where the university is able to react any differently. Even if they going, I'm sorry, and I, kind of going off what you were saying, you know, about being Eli and Capilouto and thinking about that decision. You know, I, I agree with you. You can't say, you know, one thing about, you know, we're going to, you know, make sure that this university is a safe, inclusive place, and then let the staff just, you know, completely get, not get away with it. Lack of a better term, that's what I'm using, but, you know, just go away without any punishment and then turn around and say, yeah, you know, we're promoting, you know, all this, you know, inclusiveness and everything at the camp, at the university and promoting all these positive ideas. It just, you, you can't do that. So I agree that had, punishment had to be made. So how do you think this news is going to affect the reputation of this really esteemed team? I think it's going to affect it. Um, I don't know to what extent that's something we're really going to have to watch over the coming years, I would say. And a big part of that is also going to determine or is going to be determined by who they bring in as the next coach. Are they going to go outside and get someone completely unaffiliated from the program who's going to come in and, you know, create a new culture and make things really different here, but still win? Are they going to get someone who's not as experienced and maybe we're not that national powerhouse right away? That would be a different scenario too. Or, I mean, every other coach and assistant coach has been a former cheerleader from the University of Kentucky. Are they going to stick with that family, bring them back in and sort of start this whole tradition all over again? It's going to be really interesting to watch. And I think that will also affect how they're viewed in terms of how the university responds from here. You know, Noah, what you said, the how people, how you think it can be viewed, I think there's two ways to look at it. You have, you know, one from an athlete's perspective of, you know, you know potential uh, uh, cheerleaders coming into the program and the fans. I think, you know, obviously by the response that's come out by a cheerleader's former and, you know, just across the, the, the world of cheerleading, you know, they, they stick by this staff. And so it doesn't sound like to me that the reputation is solely too much. Um, of course, there there will be probably some fallout within the community. I I can imagine that. But I have several friends that of mine that were cheerleaders. Have friends that uh, people they know that were on uh, the UK squad, and they wholeheartedly believe that you know that it's still the premier program out there, and that you know even even this as bad as it is isn't going to tarnish isn't going to tarnish the reputation. And from a fan perspective, you know I I could see that. I could definitely see you know people you know uh, doing a, a second glance at the program and going you know. Is it really, you know, the golden standard with all this stuff going on? Um, so I, I see it two different ways from a from an athlete perspective and then from a fan perspective. And I think one of the other big impacts of that that we haven't really talked about a lot just in general as, as a whole media conglomerate sort of looking at this is how different things could be now that cheerleading will be under UK athletics. That's something that's never really happened before. Cheerleading doesn't have a governing body that serves in the same way as the NCAA for football, basketball, baseball, et cetera. There's just nothing like that in the sport right now, especially for collegiate athletes or even for high school athletes. So for them to really shake that up in such a big way and to put them under, you know, quote, the watchful eye of UK athletics, I think that's going to change a lot as well. So do you think that this team has the same potential it did to perform as well as it had without these specific coaches leading them? 
I do. I think so much of cheerleading is recruiting the best talent, just like any sport. Any sport that wants to win wants to bring in the best players. And cheerleading is just like every other sport in that aspect. And so I think the biggest issue here will be, okay, now that all these allegations are out there, are the best recruits, are the best high school cheerleaders still going to sign with the Wildcats? Are the best middle school cheerleaders still going to aspire to cheer here? And I think that's more of a reputation thing than like a coaching than a coaching thing honestly I think it'll be like we were talking about earlier and Zach touched on it a lot too like how the program is viewed from the outside I think will have a big impact on it but I just can't imagine that it will fall that far I mean maybe there's some runoff you know in in the immediate future but I just don't see this affecting the program long term that much I agree. Yeah, you're going to see that they will be marred this season with, you know, the same kind of storylines about, you know, whenever they get ready to perform, you know, oh, well, the Wildcats, you know, their, their entire staff was fired, you know, last season. I mean, that's going to come up in every single, you know, uh, event they, they appear at, you know, the UCA, the event they have down in Florida, definitely that'll be talked about. But I just, um, I don't think it's going to affect their performance. They are still a determined group. Um, if anything, you know, the petitions that have circulated and the support that they've shown on social media has shown that they're going to stick together, that they are a group and that they will get through this together, you know, to borrow a term from Governor Andy Bashir. Um, but I, I do think that they will uh, they will um, power power ahead and, and still be one of the top programs. In addition to the allegations of hazing, public nudity, and alcohol use on team retreats, the investigation uncovered potential business conflicts of interest. The report from the university alleges that assistant coaches Ben Head and Spencer Clan both had business interests that conflicted with their work for the university. Head is owner of a gym, and the report says that the gym had cheerleaders doing work for them and was using the UK logo in its marketing. Clan owns a business called Cheer Expert, that the report says had cheerleaders working for them as well. The report says that the cheerleaders drew an inference that they had to work at Cheer Expert in order to try out at UK. In addition, the report says that there was cheerleader misconduct while traveling for Cheer Expert. These issues are continuing to be reviewed by the university. What do you make of the potential conflicts of interest between Head and Clan's businesses and their work as UK's cheer coaches? I was going to say, I'll start this one off. I think this is one of the most serious parts uh, of what the investigation has shown us. Because there is just, personally myself, conflicts of interest, that is a very serious ethical uh, dilemma. And I think that by having them, this perception that they had to work at this place in order to attain a spot or just to try out for the team, that that certainly, I think going back to the reputation that we talked about that certainly now that that's been kind of uh, um, dug up and shown to the public that I think could, could go a long way in um, hurting the reputation if it did. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit differently about this part to me. That wasn't quote, quote unquote, it's all relatively speaking, you know, but as bad to me personally as the hazing allegations and some of the alcohol public nudity stuff, because, you know, as someone who was a college student, I understand that like, maybe these people really were trying to help each other. Maybe these were college students who wanted to just make some extra money. They wanted to spend time with their coaches. They were able to make money doing something that they enjoyed, which is something that cheerleaders were actually allowed to do. Cheerleaders are able to make money off of their talents, unlike athletes that are directly under the NCAA. Like football players can't teach football lessons. Cheerleaders can give private lessons and make money off of that. So in my head originally, I really sort of had that linked. Obviously, Working directly under your coaches is a huge no. You can't do that. It's a conflict of interest. 
And especially from the standpoint of thinking about how that would affect the team, you know, people who work more get better spots or get on the team first or earlier or get better choreography, you know, any of that stuff. And we don't have the answers to all of that right now. So it's hard to speak specifically, but I do think, I don't know, to me personally, I understand why it was wrong. Um, I think if this had come out by itself, I don't think that alone would have been grounds for firing all of the coaches and cleaning house that they had to do because of all these other allegations. I don't think that it sort of stacks up in the same way from the university's perspective, at least. Yeah. Just kind of going off there, the, that last part of it. Um, I can certainly see how, um, how uh, working under your coaches, that can be a, you know, a very, you know, uh, helpful thing, as you said, you know, being able to gain that extra money in college, other athletes can't do that. Um, but it just, to me, initially, like you said, I just had a bad feeling about it. It's just me personally. Um, so like you said, we'll have to wait and see what else comes out if it does. But yeah, that was, that, that rubbed me the wrong way when it initially came out. Right. I totally agree with that. And this is one of those things that, yes, we're still finding out a lot about this investigation. I do expect more information can continue to come out. I mean, we're still hearing from cheer alumni right now who are trying to release statements and show their support. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if we've heard everyone's side yet. And even though we do have UK's three month long investigation, it, we might not have gotten all of our questions answered right away. And I think that there are still things that could come out in the future to sort of bring some more clarity to the entire situation. So after firing all of its cheer coaching staff, there was an immediate backlash from current and former cheerleaders on social media who jumped to defend their coaches. Sophomore cheerleader Jake Graham tweeted last week that the accusations against the cheer team were false. Graham called the allegations, quote, lies made by a parent that was unhappy about the outcome of her daughter's performance in college. UK cheer alumni Donovan Rice also shared his belief that the allegations were false, tweeting, I am struggling to come to terms with the fact that the coaching staff who taught me how to believe in myself and push myself are now gone because of one person's false accusations. What do you make of the response from from current and former cheerleaders about the firing of the coaches and calling these allegations false? You've kind of touched on that a bit before, but if you were to get deeper into that. Yeah, I really do have a problem with that. I understand that they're upset. And if there were people who were on the team and totally uninvolved in, in everything the investigation uncovered, they have a right to be upset. I get that the team is sad that the coaches are gone, but to call these allegations false, I think is just, is just wrong. The, the university specifically released ton, dozens of pages of this investigation, three months long, 60 interviews. There's a direct quote in it that says that, you know, it, it sort of went through all of the specifics. A big headline from the investigation was the quote unquote, you know, topless basket tosses. That was a huge thing. And going back and forth, was this voluntary? Was this hazing? Oh, were they really in bathing suits? Cheerleaders started posting videos of them doing it voluntarily. And, and to be honest with you, obviously, yes, maybe that did happen during the day. It was just for fun. They wore their suits and it was just team building, whatever. That's, a, that's fine. But the university did release that two team members said they performed the basket tosses while topless. 11 said they observed that. Seven said they didn't witness it but knew it occurred. Several said the coaches were watching when it happened. And assistant coach Kelsey LaCroix stated she witnessed the basket toss, the topless basket toss at the 2019 retreat. So just right there, that's not one person. That's 11 people saying they've witnessed it. Seven people say they heard about it. An assistant coach saying she saw it. That's not false. That's from an investigation that the university conducted. Like I touched on earlier, that 
forced them to fire four coaches from the most winningest program in the sports history. There's just no way that they would do that without finding these credible, reliable, legitimate information and sources. What do you 100%, think? 100% agree. That, that, that is, to me, the biggest part. It would have been different if there were one or two people out of that group of 60-plus interviews that said, yes, these things happen. Because then you could reasonably say, well, you know, I mean, it didn't happen. You only have one or two. But the fact that you have this many people saying that, yes, this happened or I witnessed it or you know, a plethora of other things. This shows to me that, that it really, you know, there, there's a consensus among those interviewed that this did take place. You know, I, I, going off earlier what Maggie was talking about, yes, I understand, too, that, that they are upset. You know, if you're a part of a team and something comes out about your team, you, know, you feel hurt. You know, you're part of a family. And so, in, in a sense, you can feel attacked because, again, you are part of a family. That doesn't mean that the decision was wrong you know, if these allegations are proven to be true, and like Maggie said earlier, more details will come out. Surely they will. But, you know, this just shows that this is very serious. And yes, while you may be upset, you know, this is just the fact of the matter. Right. And I definitely agree with what you said, too. This is a tight-knit group. This is a real family atmosphere, which makes this even harder. When you look at the history of the program, there really have only been two main coaches, two main men who have been involved for 40 years. Teelan Williamson and Jomo Thompson are the premier coaches in cheerleading. They're, everyone in this community knows them and respects them. And this investigation doesn't necessarily change that. So many people, especially UK cheerleaders, still have that opinion of them. But to say that it's false, that's just simply not true. And another thing that I think that has sort of been looked over, surprisingly, in my opinion, I thought this was going to be a, a bigger factor than it has been, is that the investigation also said that, I think the number was two, I'll look it up here in a second, I believe it was two different cheerleaders went to the hospital with alcohol-related injuries or alcohol, you know, to, for alcohol treatment, which to me, I mean, we don't know, obviously we don't have their medical records, but for the universities to say that, they're not making up medical records. And for a representative of the University of Kentucky to have to go to the hospital to get treatment for alcohol use after they've been on a team retreat under the supervision of university paid coaches, that's a huge issue that I really don't think we've talked about enough. And like I said, the university has said that they've seen the medical, I mean, this is a medical issue. This isn't something that they just talked about for the university to include that in the report. Obviously there were medical records involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you were you were talking about um, the um, the alcohol related incidents there. Uh, I think part of the reason people have kind of just glossed over this, whether that be right or wrong, is because they see them as college students. So inevitably, what is part of the college atmosphere? Alcohol drinking. And I think that might be one of the reasons that people have glossed over that is that, oh, they're just college kids. And they don't see them as, like you said, Maggie, representatives of the university. Right. I agree with that. And I found the direct quote from the investigation here. It just says, quote, several squad members became so intoxicated they required medical treatment. And whether or not you have feelings on, oh, college kids drink, college kids go out, college kids do this, whatever, it is not normal for college kids to require medical treatment for alcohol use. That is not normal for anyone to have to seek medical treatment for alcohol use, especially not when they're representing the university. And this goes back to my point earlier as sad as this is and as heartbreaking as this is for the coaches that have been so beloved in this sport and in their community, the university can't let something like that happen. If something like that happened on the basketball team or the football team, 
those coaches would be in hot water too. And the cheerleaders, even though they're not under the NCAA, can't expect to be treated differently in that situation. So some former cheerleaders have said that the coaches shouldn't be held accountable for what the students have done on these retreats because the students are adults. Like UK cheer alumni Jacqueline Fife tweeted, actions are made by individuals and not influenced by the coaching staff at all. Another UK cheer alumni, Cheyenne Bustle, tweeted that individuals, adult athletes have made their own decisions and should have their own consequences. Do you think that since cheerleaders are adults that the coaches should be responsible for what they do on the retreats? I'm sorry, but my thing is, is that, you know, yes, I get it. You are adults. You are college students. You know, if you're legally you know, able to drink, you know, you may do so any other time. But this is a, talking about the retreat, this is a university-sanctioned re- retreat. You are representing the university. Those adults that are with you, I say adults because they are, <laughs> the, the supervisors are adults as well. But, um, you know, the, the coaches, the, um, uh, T. Williams, I mean, th- these are all um, people whose job it is to supervise you. You know, they are supposed to help uphold this reputation of the university. So yes, they are responsible for this. They're supposed to watch out for these things and go, hey, this isn't going to represent the university in a positive light, so we don't need to do this. Instead, they didn't say anything. Yes, I understand they are, uh, you know, the, the cheerleaders are adults. They can make their own decisions. But when you are representing the university, you know, you have to answer to others. And in this case, it was the, you know, chaperones, if you will, of the retreats and the events, which was the coaching staff and the advisor. Totally agree. And then just to me, goes back to the same point we made earlier about, oh, these are just college kids going on a lake trip and, you know, college kids drink and college kids do whatever. But at the same time, you can't treat student athletes as just normal college kids. If a couple of cheerleaders had gone down to Lake Cumberland, unaffiliated with the school just as friends and you know any of these things same things happened and and nothing came out about it none of us would know about it and none would be any wiser because it wouldn't have been affiliated with the school but for the entire team to go on retreats and to act you know in this manner that the investigation says that they did to me there's there's student athletes representing the school and it doesn't matter how old you are at that point do you think that the uh, the university should have taken any more action against students rather than coaches at all? No, I think it because it goes back to the point that the uh, you know inevitably those advisors, those chaperones, they are the ones who are in charge of running these retreats or in charge of running the team. They are the ones you know to to borrow a, a phrase from Harry Truman, the buck stops here. You know, it's it stops with the advisors, and with the coaches. Right. To me, that's a bit of a hard question because we don't have all the specifics, at least right now, and I don't know if we really ever will. I think if it boiled down to, oh, a couple of cheerleaders were the ones really responsible for this, yes, maybe those individuals would receive some sort of punishment, but at the same time, if it's more of a whole team culture that's been going on for decades, which we don't know, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case, but the university has certain, certainly alluded to that, um, in, in this investigation, then I, I don't understand how you would be able to punish specific individuals for something that has really been growing for a long time. And part of the investigation also was centered on this, quote, lewd chant that was apparently created in the 70s. And so if, if you tie that back in with all the current events of the investigation and try to punish any certain individuals uh, for that chant or for anything else that's been going on since maybe as early as the 1970s, that just doesn't make sense to me. 
So the university is now looking to hire a new coaching staff. They have not said whether they will exclude former uh, UK cheer alumni from leading this program. Do you think that UK should hire coaches who have experience with UK cheer or that they should bring in coaches from outside the university? I am so conflicted on this. I have no idea what the university is going to do. I haven't heard anything at this time. I'm really interested to see which direction they end up going. This is an insane time to be hiring new people, especially new coaches, especially coaches at this level. To find cheerleading coaches for the University of Kentucky is not easy. This is a crazy big job. This is one of the best jobs in the country for someone wanting to be a cheer coach. And they're not necessarily cheap. I mean, they're not requiring the same amount of money as, you know, a John Calipari or Mark Stoops, but it's a head coach, at least three, three or four assistant coaches. That's a big check that the university is going to have to write in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but coronavirus is ruining schools' budgets right now. If we don't have college football or if we don't have full stadiums, the university is going to be way down. Capaluto is already taking a pay cut. I'm sure other coaches are going to be forfeiting some of their salary here in the next uh, coming weeks. So for the university to have to go out there and make a big decision like this and write a big check to four or five new coaches, it's going to be tough. And I'm really interested to see who they bring in and how much they're able to pay. 100% agree. The whole financial outlook of this decision the university is going to have to make is going to be very interesting to follow to see what course of action they're going to take. As far as um, whether they need to separate from the UK family coaching tree or not, I'm kind of conflicted too, because on one hand, it makes you, it's a little reassuring to know, you know if, if we weren't considering this stuff, that, you know, hey, we have somebody who's been here. They know the level of excellence that we want to attain. They can help us, you know, attain that. But then you factor in all the things that have come out recently and you think, oh, but, you know, there's some cultural problems, perhaps, you know, that have been going on for decades, it sounds like. You know, do we want to bring that, you know, culture back into this when we're starting to, we want to start, you know, clean? It's, it's a hard question to to answer. And um, I'm just, I'm glad I'm not the one making the decision because it would, <laughs> I don't think I could make it. There's so much to talk about with this topic, but that's all the time that we have for today. So thank you to our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of Campus Voices, in which we discuss the investigation of the UK cheerleading team that led to the firing of all four of the team's coaches. Thank you to our guests, Maggie Davis and Zach Epperson. Join us next week when we'll discuss the impact that event cancellations have had on Lexington's music venues, such as Cosmic Charlie's, which this past weekend announced they will be closing on May 31st. For Campus Voices, I'm Noel Oldham, and you're listening to WRFL.